Isaiah 26, verses 13 through 21. <clears throat> now watch how this Bible study flows with current events that are that are taking place. So where we left off here in 26, we so we talked about um, Judah singing a new song. We talked about uh, a vision here of the Messianic Kingdom, the Millennial Reign of Christ. We've talked about Israel, uh, their enemies, being trodden down. Uh, then we, we've also talked about um, being at perfect peace. Uh, and there in verse 3, one of the key verses of the chapter, Thou will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Uh, we've talked about God's... Um, Intervention in the affairs of Israel during the tribulation time when Christ gets uh, defeats their enemies, ushering in the millennial kingdom. Uh, then we last week we talked about waiting on God, desiring God, remembering God, seeking God. Um, and so we've we've had quite a, quite good studies out of this. Now look at how this uh, how this flows for us this evening, starting in verse thirteen. The scripture reads. O Lord our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead, they shall not live, they are deceased, they shall not rise, therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish." Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live, together with my dead body shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and she'll no more cover her slain. Amen. What a way to end that chapter. I can't even, I still can't even believe that those verses fall on the same week that this situation is taking place in Israel. Um, but let's talk about it. Starting here in verse 13, O Lord our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us. Again, we're talking about Israel, and they've been in captivity, right? Um, so, they went into captivity with Nebuchadnezzar, and we've been studying that, how that started the times of the Gentiles, and then in the tribulation period, but that whole times of the Gentiles 
is a time of Gentile overlordship. Israel having to go through the UN, having to have ally support to defend themselves, all these kinds of things. Um, and so the Gentiles have had um, a lot of say over their affairs. And of course, time and time again, they've been under subjection to the rule of other nations. And so Israel here is praying to God. Um, they've, and in this prayer, they're confessing other lords, uh, other kings, other nations have lorded over them. But even in all of that, he is still their God. Amen. That's what they're saying. Yes, the Gentiles have had a say in our matters. Yes, we had lost our sovereignty at one point and we got it back. Yes, we've been through so much with other people lording over us and all that. They've been oppressed. They've been uh, in captivity. They've been through all these things throughout their history. And yet still, God is still their God. The Lord Jehovah. Amen. What an amazing thing. And so that's what they're saying. And his name only will they mention. That's that's what that's what they're only you, Lord. Um, will we make mention of thy name? Now look at this. I want you to picture this in verse 14. Where it is a reference back to earlier verses here with God avenging himself against their enemies. And what he's what they're saying is they are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. This is a picture of Israel standing in the millennial kingdom with Christ and looking back at all of those nations, all of those kingdoms, all of those armies that were against them and now they're gone. You're just talking about it, Fred. You fought it 50 years. You've seen this conflict back and forth with Hamas and them. On top of Iran, Lebanon, Syria, you name it. Every Muslim nation over there is against Israel. These wars have been going on since... Ishmael and Isaac, right? I mean, that's where we, we can take this whole thing back to that. And the day will come, and it may be soon, but here we see it in this chapter of our study. They're, they're standing in the millennial kingdom. They're with Christ their Savior. They're, they're, they're saying His name only is God. They're, they're praying. They're rejoicing. They're looking back. And all of those nations, kingdoms, and armies are gone. And the Bible says here, they are dead. They are perished. That means never again will they trouble God's people. The day's coming. Never again will Israel have to worry about rockets coming over from Gaza or Syria or Iran blowing them up with nuclear bombs. The, the day is coming where they will have peace. Because Christ has promised it. And we get to share it. Because we belong to Jesus, amen? And uh, what an amazing thing. So, I, I, like, I like this too, in this verse. It says, they shall not rise. In other words, I want you to consider this. We've done a pretty good job with defeating ISIS, thanks to a president with some pretty good policies on the issue. But they are still trying to rise again. 
We've done a pretty good job over the years defeating a lot of these terrorist groups, but they're still there, right? There's going to be a day where God rids the earth of that evil and it's not coming back. Because when God gets the job done, he finishes it. Amen? And he may he can use anything he wants to accomplish his will. We know in the scriptures he just uses Christ. Um, Christ does it. But it says here, they shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed. I mean, they're saying it. There's a day coming where... It won't be Israel's armies anymore. It won't be the United States, the Allies, or the UN. It's going to be God himself. It's going to be Jesus Christ, and he's going to go and get that final victory. And you know what? Just like the Hezbollah and Hamas fighter that believes that they have to pay tribute to Muhammad and Allah by killing Jews, just like they will perish, unfortunately... So will those college students that are out there burning flags and saying this is Israel's fault, that have denounced Christianity as a religion of control and they don't want anything to do with God. And, they're, and that's, that's sad because, you know what, they are, when you see that, they, are, they have been indoctrinated. They don't have that view from an objective well, consider both sides. You see, I got my political views on the topics of Israel by looking at both sides and then confronting it in the Bible and then asking God to reveal to me. You know, because there's a lot of, lot of stuff, there's a lot of different sentiments about Israel, even in the church. Even There's a lot of people in churches today that believe that the bride of Christ is a new Israel, and so they don't... They don't, um, they're not as concerned about the things that are happening there because of that and some other stuff. And so I've actually encountered um, anti-Semitism in church in, amongst Christians. And I'm thinking that you must have a different version of Romans than I have, right, um, to arrive at those conclusions. But there's a day coming where they'll be gone. And um, it says here they'll, they will not rise. They'll be visited by God. God will destroy the enemies of Israel in Christ. Christ will destroy his enemies. But look at this. And made all of their memory to perish. They consider that. Just, just meditate on that for a second. Not only is God going to get that victory after all those centuries of conflicts, of battles, of death, and of loss, despite all of the suffering that God's people have gone through up to this time where they're looking back and they're saying they're all gone. But not only that, in the kingdom of Christ, the very memory of the hardships that they have gone through will perish. Isn't that amazing? God is going to make sure that when He delivers Israel from this, it says here, they won't even be remembered. One of the whole reasons that Muhammad taught terrorism against the Jews is because they have to earn their way into heaven. The whole purpose was for them to be remembered. God said nobody's going to remember that because everything that they're doing is going to be so insignificant compared to the glorious delivering works of our God and our Christ. Amen? They won't even compare. It won't. 
It, it'd be, uh, what does the Bible say? For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared uh, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen? God's going to be glorified in the end of all of this. And that's, you know, it's, it's hard to wrap my brain around the things that have happened. And then it's, it's hard for me to accept. And it's like, that is so, that, it just, it hurts. It's a terrible thing that they're, that they're going through. But then to see the bigger picture in all of this, God is still going to be glorified. He's still going to be glorified. It's just amazing to me. But um, verse 15, Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Think about how small Israel is. It's the size of New Jersey. That's how small Israel is. There are enemies all around them. Consider this population of Israel, roughly 9.86 million. Let me give you a way to look at that. Eight million immigrants have come over the border in Joe Biden's administration. Almost the size of the entire nation of Israel. Consider that. Um, amazing stuff. But here we see God increasing Israel. He's removing the memory of their oppressors, their suffering. Um, and then it says this, I like this. Thou art glorified, thou hast removed it. What is he removing? That's that memory of all of the people that have attacked them and everything else. He's removed it far unto the ends of the earth. Amen? So, that's just, that, that is, I, I think about this too, our sins as removed as far as the east is from the west. Here, they will have that sense of safety and peace in the millennial kingdom of Christ because even the very memory of what they've been through, through the tribulation, and you got to think, you think it's bad now, we're not even in tribulation period yet, right? So, we know it's going to just escalate into so much more. Um, and then at the end of it, all the memory of it will be removed. And, and so I also have this because this has brought up a, a challenging question that I think many of us have asked at some point in time. And it's one that I don't have a good answer for yet. So you may be able to share your thoughts sometime with me on that on the side. But some people have asked like, well, when, we, when we're with Jesus, like when we're no longer in this life, whether that's rapture or death, however that comes, Will we remember the people that we love that didn't get saved? Will we have you have you ever heard that question or wondered that yourself? Like, will I feel will I feel bad for the for my family members if they died and I know that they weren't saved and 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 what will that how will that work out? And I'm like scripturally, I really haven't I don't feel God's ever answered that question to me on how all that's going to work. I do know this. If I am suffering over knowing consciously, because we have our, we have, we're, we're conscious, right? We know things. We're going to know all things. He wipes the tears away. So I don't know. I don't know if, it, it, I don't think we'll carry a sorrow perpetually through our time in heaven over somebody that didn't get saved. I can't find evidence of that, 
I can't, I, I do see that Jesus does wipe away all tears and he says there'll be no more sorrow and no more pain. And so I know there's no more suffering. There's no more grief. So I don't know how all of that will work, but I would submit to you, although that's not completely related to what is happening here. If God wants us to remember it, he will let us remember it. But if God doesn't want us to remember, he can, he's in control of even our memories. Amen. That's the God that we, we worship. He's in control of even our memories. Um, so that's just powerful. So I, I don't know. I, I hope that is a kind of a good insight there. But so God increases Israel. He removes the memory of their oppressors far into the ends of the earth. So that, that, none of that is even an issue anymore. And so we kind of recap this. In verse 16, we see this, Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Now, I, I wrestled with this a little bit in, in my study because now I was thinking, well, wait a minute. Who is it that is praying to God? It wouldn't be the enemies that, have now, that are now dead and cannot rise that had been destroyed, and even the memory of them has perished. And so what I was able to conclude is that there's a shift in the object uh, that, is the, that is being referenced here, and now you're, now you're looking at Israel praying to God in trouble. So, Lord, in trouble have they, and so I have concluded um, through through just the way I look at this, that the day of verse 16 is Israel. And so they have, they have begun praying. Um, the Lord has visited them. The Lord told Israel that he would visit them. Um, and so they, they've prayed in his chastening. You see, you see, and that is a key word. Underline that. Chastening. In one verse, the Lord completely destroys them. But in this verse, chastening. There's a big difference between chastening. The chastening is for his people. We're chastened by the Father. Amen. He destroys his enemies. He chastens his children. Does that make sense? So I conclude because it's referring to chastening. The chastening that is upon them is Israel. They went through tribulation. That is the trouble being referenced. God visited them in tribulation. And then they began to pray because the chastening of, of the Father was upon them. And then it says in verse 17, Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. And I do believe that is a, a reference to the tribulation period as, it's, as they're going through suffering and pain as a woman in travail. But what is it about to bring forth the birth of the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, the millennial kingdom, and all of the blessings that's been promised to them. And so I'm just like, wow, that's just amazing, amazing scripture. And so, and it's a reminder. We go through bad things in this life, and yet oftentimes we find that we go through those things to receive God's blessings on the other side. Amen. And so here we see it with Israel. And so Israel went through the pain of labor, the tribulation period. I love this. And so we know, and I, I, can, I can go into so many parts of the Bible, but not in five minutes. Okay, so 
we know what comes as the tribulation. And so they're kind of rehashing what has happened. So they were in tribulation. And then what happens? Christ comes back. They enter into the millennial kingdom, right? And so what happens? What big event do we see happening um, in the millennial kingdom? And it's referenced right here. The resurrection. And I will give a scripture on that. But look at this. Verse 19, thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise, awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. That's a reference to the resurrection. And then it says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Now, how the timetable, the whole timetable of events from resurrection to final judgments is not listed here in the chapter. Uh, but remember, there's a first resurrection. We're going to turn to that and close out on that scripture. But there's also at the end of the millennial period and the first resurrections already happened and it's the end of the thousand years. And then what you see take place is Satan was in the pit. He's released. Judgment, thrown in the lake of fire, final judgments. There's a second resurrection, the wicked and the dead, those that rejected Christ, lake of fire. So I just like, wow. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this is a reference to the first resurrection and this in verse 20, come my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be passed. The only indignation of God that happens after the first resurrection is the final judgments. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth. Fits right into place. For their iniquity, the earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. That's, that, that's both resurrections really in the final judgment in view. It fits chronologically perfectly in this chapter. What an amazing chapter. Let me give you this. Um, turn to Revelation for one second. Chapter 20. In verses 1 through 6. Give you a couple seconds to get there. Revelation 20 in these first six verses. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And now, you'll find this interesting. When we get to Isaiah 27, you'll see some more references to this old dragon, or Levithian, and, and devil. Verse 3, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should... Deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them 
that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So that's that first resurrection right there um, in view. And it says here in verse 5, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Those are those that were separated out, right? Just as, as the Bible tells us that the goats and the sheep got the angels to separate them out. So we've got, uh, we've got a first resurrection. Of course, we're with Christ. And then there's a, there'll be those that will not live during the first resurrection, but they will be brought back for the second resurrection and final judgment. And then in verse 6, God said, the Lord says this in his word, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Amen. Um, wow. And so here we see both resurrections in view and we see God's people being hidden during that little season that it talks about where Satan is once again loosed after, you know, after the thousand years is over. And, but we're kept safe. Amen. God keeps us safe. And, uh, and, and, then, and then there's judgment on the world. And so you know, we look at that and we think, Man, that is so, it's, it's just, it's deep, really. It's a lot to meditate on. It overwhelms me. It, my brain gets to going pretty fast on it because I'm like, wow. And then I start trying to connect it with other places of the Bible. But at the end of it, it makes me thankful I'm saved. Thankful that for now, as long as the Lord tarries, we are still in the dispensation of grace. And because of that, we still need to keep telling people about the Lord. Because we certainly don't want them to fall into the tribulation period and all the stuff that goes on with that. And what we're seeing in our world around us, we need to be in prayer for that. It should humble us. I think it's a humbling thing to see what's happening in Israel. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a constant reminder to us, Jesus can come back at any second. We're not waiting on any... Spe- specific event for the Christ for the rapture of the church that's it'll be complete mystery people can try to pinpoint it and figure it out can't figure it out man doesn't know could be any second that's what we call the return of Christ is imminent so stay faithful church stay prayed up stay ready for anything in these coming weeks and months definitely pray for Israel pray a lot I think I've prayed quite a bit I haven't slept much. I'm praying for a lot of people. Not, I mean, I'm just, the Israel thing really, it really has. It's stirred me quite a bit. Um, and I'm just thinking, Lord, I just want to be ready when you come back. Just help, help me do the best I can do. I want to be the best Christian I can be, the best father I can be, the best husband I can be, because I think he's coming back soon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for letting us be in your house tonight. Thank you for the prayer time and the fellowship. Thank you for the songs that we were able to sing, Lord. And, um, you know, there's a day when Israel will turn their face to you, Lord. They'll turn their eyes unto you, Lord. And um, we're thankful for that. And uh, there's a day where the whole earth will bow. Um, It says in the Bible that every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. 
and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's a day where our Savior, our Messiah, our Jesus will finally be recognized by the whole world as the rightful king and heir to David's throne who will reign in Jerusalem and bring all of God's enemies will be under his footstool. And um, and Lord, we're going to see that. We're going to be a part of that. And we're thankful for our deliverance. We're thankful for our salvation this evening. And we're thankful that we still have opportunities to reach others for you before it's too late. Help us to make haste and to do that with urgency, um, to just keep spreading um, the gospel into the community around us. And um, Lord, we just ask that you bless each and every one that was here this evening, those that will listen into the podcast, remember those who couldn't make it, um, and just bless them, Lord, keep everyone safe and, and get us back into your house this Lord's Day, um, coming up for another blessed day of worship with one another. Lord, we thank you, God, you're good to us. Thank you for your every blessing. Thank you for taking such good care of us. In Jesus' name, amen.